This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Better your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. Godspeed. Welcome back to the Jay and Silent Rob show uh, on on the, the eve of Halloween almost, coming at you live Thursday, October the 29th. The Thursday night game I, I hear from you, Jay, has, has begun. Uh, it's starting in about 30 minutes, but uh, love my Panthers. And the Falcons always play interesting games, like always. Uh, last three years, I think they've blown like 10 plus or 10 10 plus uh leads uh one of course being the super bowl and there are some some memorable ones this year already including like a 25 point blown lead against the cowboys but uh yeah love me some panthers david tepper if you're listening um if you need my assistance in building your dynasty i'm available i want to say Uh, two things about david tepper which (laughs) we haven't gone into i know you're a big david tepper fan uh, number one, this New York Times thing came out. It's New York Times? I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was like Financial Times or something. Uh, this thing came out of he had hired some high-powered consultant to get him basically like political so inside information is not the right term, but you know, well-connected information from politicians. Uh, and Tepper, Tepper uh, it's like come out that he had had emails about how serious COVID was. Uh, in like mid-February, which is awesome. Like This is the way that billionaires work. The other thing I want to share, which is nicer, is that a guy named Med Faber wrote a book about uh, kind of like writing the coattails of really good investors, the strategies to actually do that. Uh, there's a, a famous forum called 13F where you can see what the big uh, subject system restrictions, holdings of, of big guys are. And Tepper, out of all these billionaires that you look back on, had the best back test for his his strategy of writing his coattails, you would have made like 25% a year uh, just buying what Tepper has bought in the public records, which is kind of sweet. So he's a, a ridiculously talented guy. Thank you. So Mr. Tepper, um, my DMs are open. This is, this is a Panther podcast. Uh, Panthers and Jags. That's pretty much what we're after. Uh, Rays and Marlins, yep. Rays and Marlins, Panthers, Jags. <laughs> see a pattern here, uh, but yeah, actually, congratulations to the to the Dodgers. Congratulations to the Rays too for just giving us a, a fun, fun October. Um, I can't even be mad about the Dodgers. That was a fun World Series. Um, how do you even say the Cubano's name? He's amazing. Um, Rosarena. Rosa Reina, what a guy! It was fun. I I really enjoyed just being a, a novice fan and just like casually turning on baseball and, and watching it. It was very fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, congratulations to the Dodgers. But it, it's football uh, time. It's week eight. Uh, we're going to go through some of the bigger games this week, uh, and then next week our show kind of going to be the the halfway point. We'll be through eight weeks. Most teams have played six, or uh, most teams have played. S- Eight or nine games, or excuse me, seven or eight games after uh, next week because so, some of the buys. So that'll be halfway through for for some teams, almost halfway through for others. So we'll kind of just go and look and see how odds have changed, um, which they obviously have significantly, and, and start looking towards the playoffs. Um, speaking of looking towards the playoffs, we're going to start with the Monday Night Football game, which is actually 
Uh, not uh, 100% to, to go on this week, uh, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the new darlings of the NFC, visiting Liam's New York Giants, who are going through some COVID issues right now. So um, they uh, sent some people home th- uh, today for practice. I'm sure this game will get played, especially since it's the Monday night football game, uh, but they might push it back or move another game to Monday night, which is what they did last night, or excuse me, last week with the Sunday night football. Tampa actually was involved in that game as well. Um, but yeah, big, big thing here is Tampa Bay is the new divas in the NFC. They are the favorites to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, just slightly, nothing, nothing too crazy. Still about implied odds around 20%, uh, probably closer to 18 or 15 uh, if you took out the VIG. Uh, but yeah, Tom Brady, it, 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 you know, we kind of jokingly called this the drunk uncles team, but maybe, you know, even drunk uncles are, are right every once in a while. Uh, I still think this team is, is a long way from being a sure thing, uh, but the, it's really more their defense than anything else. They have probably the best defense in football, uh, but Tom Brady's led a top five offense so far. Um, football Outsiders, which is one of the more predictive, uh, kind of like analytics driven websites around football, uh, has Tampa Bay as their best team. Uh, they're, they're very, uh, like this year's data. So they're not, they're not very priors heavy, um, which, which obviously has pros and cons, um, football, just having such limited sample size, um, any data is skewed, but the, you know, right now you still only have about seven weeks of data, some teams, six, uh, weeks of data. So still pretty primitive, but at some point, you know, there, there is some signal that comes out of that. Um, but yeah, so Tampa Bay. Last, the, the, you can't bet on a game right now at most sports books because of the uncertainty, just in case like the Giants are out without half their team, you know, stuff of that nature. But it was around 11 uh, point spread last time we looked at this. I think this game, is, if I were to bet it, I, I, right now I have really no interest, is, is a great live game to bet because uh, let's say the Giants score early. Um, this will probably come under a touchdown, which is a great bet. You want to, you want the seven is the most important is the new most important number in football. I know we used to say it was the three, but the seven's almost at the same point of, of uh, the value of what the three used to be. And that's because the NFL is just more high scoring now. Uh, and there's also a little bit less parity, but uh, I think this is one of those angles where if, if the giants come out and score should be under a touchdown, maybe good to grab the Buccaneers or maybe the Buccaneers go up early and you might take Buccaneers minus 14, minus 15 or 16, because it just looks like the giants are going to be in comeback mode the whole game. And because the Buccaneers has such a good defense and uh, the giants turn the ball over a lot, uh, that could lead to a massive, massive blowout. So uh, if I was forced to bet this game, that's what I would do. Uh, I really don't want to, touch any part of that uh anything about tampa bay new york liam or tom brady uh how old is tom brady tom brady is 43 i believe and how effective is he he's performing i think like top eight quarterback this year it's pretty wild yeah and and that is a, a above expectation rats off to him in uh in a phrase that you would use Yes, rats off to him indeed, but uh, you know, there's still a lot of time left. You mentioned his age. Um, that's obviously going to be put up to the test as the year progresses. Um, but it is just one of those things where you never want to be too reactionary. And right now the market is in love with Tampa Bay. So even if you were to buy them, it's hard to see that you get any value out of them. Also, remember the playoff system where um, one of the reasons I don't have a lot of futures for like to win the Super Bowl or win the AFC or NFC 
um, is because the new playoff system is you only get a buy if you're the one seed, and it's still very early to predict the buys are. And Tampa Bay already has two losses, um, so yeah, still still a wait and see, but definitely noticeable that they are they are doing better than than most people predicted, and certainly I I was more skeptical. Uh, I definitely identified the team at a wider range of outcomes. Uh, but they're definitely up in their 80, 85, maybe even 90th percentile of my uh, realistic expectations preseason. Uh, but yeah, let's move on to some other games. The Sunday night game is Dallas at Philadelphia. Um, we're going to call this a catching a uh, kitchen knife game. Catching a kitchen knife game. <laughs> or, or should I say a falling knife? A falling knife. And that's what Dallas Cowboys are. They are a falling knife. And uh, just like with any value investing, at some point, something becomes so cheap that it is value. Uh, and, and gamblers like to call that you're catching a falling knife. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of implied risk with catching a falling knife. Uh, but, but just to give you some context, two weeks ago, uh, Monday Night Football, Dallas closed as a one-point favorite against the Arizona Cardinals, who are now 5-2, and two, uh, one of the better, better teams in the NFC. Still, I still don't think they're as good as that record, but still, uh, certainly at least a 500 team. Uh, so yeah, they were a one-point favorite at home. Uh, Sunday's game, they are currently projected to be a nine-point underdog against the two four and one Philadelphia Eagles, who are also got tons and tons of issues. Um, this is because Andy Dalton, the backup quarterback, got a concussion this past weekend when he got knocked out by uh, the Washington football team. Uh, if you do remember, I did have money on the Washington football team last week, so that should probably be a huge signal to people that you should bet on the Washington football team is when I bet on the Washington football team. Um, they blew out the Cowboys. Um, they were pretty much... 50 50 was like a pick them. I took, I teased it up to seven and a half because I knew the Cowboys wouldn't blow them out. I didn't think the, the football team was going to dominate them, uh, but they did dominate them. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is one of the very few times I've ever had money on Washington football teams. So there should just be like a red alert, and, and we should just text everyone we know that I have money on the Washington football team. I'm sure the ROI on that is quite incredible. Um, but, yeah, so. They are nine-point underdogs this week at Philadelphia. They have a, a backup, or I think a second-year uh, quarterback who went to G JMU. Do you know what JMU stands for and where that is located? Uh, James Madison? And yes. it's in yes. Virginia. just feels like a safe bet. Yes. Excellente. Yes. Um, James Madison. Uh I want to say he's a. I always go back and forth. He's he's either a Federalist or an Anti-Federalist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm about a thousand percent sure on that. Uh, but he is a. He's from Virginia, so he's probably an Anti-Federalist. But I think that's. I think that's why. No, he is a Federalist. I think that's why I always get it wrong. I think that's why I always get it wrong because you'd think Virginia was such a powerful state that he would be, but he's not. Jefferson's the anti-Federalist. God damn it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so he went to JMU, like a seventh-round pick. Uh, obviously was not expected to be counted on this year. They had Dak, Pres Dak Prescott a couple weeks ago. Uh, he f goes down, compound fracture. And then uh, they, they have – their backup, Annie Dalton, who gets just knocked out. It was a pretty vicious hit by, by the Washington football team. And, and one thing I want to say about the hit, first of all, it's pretty fucked up. I, I don't think it was necessarily intentional. It's just kind of one of those plays of football, uh, the violence of the game. But 
after the after the hit, like nobody went after the Washington linebacker who like just fucked up the quarterback, and like that's just a huge red flag to show you that they, there's no chemistry on that team. Like there's no accountability. Um, if that makes any sense, like mm-hmm. you know, like a, a normal. Uh, you know, you see this a lot in football or hockey. Like if that situation were to occur, like the rest of the team, especially like the linemen would go and just beat the shit out of that guy. I'm not, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. You know, that's for another podcast, but I'm just saying that's like a, you would see that out of a, a, of a normal functioning football uh, team or like hockey team. But that didn't happen at all. Like the guy like hit him and it was just like chilling there. Like, Hey, are you okay? Type of deal. Instead, instead of it being like, you could tell like he was like preparing to get fucked up. Um, but, but yeah, so Dallas is really on the fritz. They just, um, they just cut or traded about three defensive starters. So this is actually a spot where if I had, I'm already entrenched in a lot of Dallas positions. I did get out of it. Some, uh, this past game, uh, past game, uh, the giants were playing the Eagles The giants were up big and I hedged a pretty significant position with the Eagles. Uh, to, to kind of, I feel, I feel decent about my divisions, uh, position now with Dallas. It's pretty much a goner. Uh, but I, I, it's not nearly as bad as it would have been if I didn't maneuver it the way I did. Um, but they, Dallas is in a good spot here. I mean, they, they have no expectations. They're playing a terrible team, getting nine, maybe even up to 10 points before this closes. Um, I, I'm not personally going to play it. If, if right now the first half line is like five and a half, if you think just like from a game planning perspective, like the Eagles, they need to win this game to, to remain in first place. Oh, by the way, if the Cowboys win this game, they're in first place in the NFC. As bad as, the, the NFC is a historically terrible division. Uh, that's a storyline. I'm sure most of our listeners uh, know, but um, yeah. And, and what, would you say? NFC East, right? Yeah, the NFC East is is legit. Is, it's historically terrible, and that, one of the reasons why the NFC West is historically good is because they all played the NFC East this year, like in a bit of a scheduling quirk. But the NFC West is really good. Um, but yeah, I, I really do like this, and like I said, if you think of it like strategically, the Eagles essentially just have to like not fuck up to win this game. So I think that really leads itself to like a very conservative like first half game plan. Um, so if this first half line right now, it's like five and a half, if this were to get up to six and a half or even possibly close to seven, I really doubt it would, but if it got to six or six and a half, I might even have to play that. Um, but, but the, you know, I, I have a hard time putting money against the Cowboys. They're, they're like the first Oh, and seven against the spread team since like 2013, I think, uh, they've just, just, just gone so far underground of expectations. It's, it's like almost impressive how bad they've been. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, just simple value investing. You are trying to catch a falling knife here. Um, but I do feel that if I had to bet this game, I would take Dallas. I, a couple of contests I'm in, I, I'll probably, at least one of those, I'll have Dallas plus nine and a half. I think that's the line they're using for the contest. Uh, I definitely like Philly to win the game. I just think Philly has shown me nothing to, to warrant why they'd be nine and a half, even to uh, quite possibly the worst team in football, the Dallas Cowboys. But they, the Cowboys do have two wins, so they're not the worst team in football. They're not good. They're not good. Um, all right. So those are the two primetime games. Some of the other games that most of the country is going to see, uh, we have San Francisco at Seattle. So the entire West Coast will see this um, in the 1 o'clock games in the West Coast or 4 o'clock uh, for the East Coasters. Um, this is a really interesting game. So Seattle was kind of the, the talk of the NFC the first six weeks. They were undefeated. They won a couple close games. 
Uh, but then they finally gave way to the Arizona Cardinals this past weekend in a game where Arizona didn't w- wasn't leading at all until overtime when they won with you know like no time remaining. Uh, so Seattle just plays this really weird style of I mean they have an amazing quarterback in Russell Wilson they can put up tons of points. Uh, but their defense, man, it, it's just it's just really not that good, uh, especially like they're rushing the passer, uh, and um, you know that, that's obviously causing them some issues. That being said, quarterback and offense is still way more important than defense, um, so I, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, but this only being a three point game is fishy. Uh, the look ahead line was five, so money has come in on the Niners. If you look at the Niners, they've there's like no team that the market has liked more over the last two weeks in terms of moving up in in expectation. They blew out the Patriots last week by like twenty, maybe even thirty points in New England, which is like hasn't happened in Bill Belichick's tenure. And, and that's more about the Patriots not being very good, but still impressive. And then the week before, um, they kind of dominated the Rams. So two upset wins they're coming off of. So you kind of have the market going in two d- different directions. Um, so to me, uh, I could very easily, if, if this gets under three, if this gets to two and a half of the Seahawks, it will be an automatic play for me. Uh, the three is just too important of a number. Seahawks are at home, even though home field advantage is not that important. Um, pretty much home field has almost been eradicated. Uh, more points have been scored by the away team than, uh, the home teams so far. Now there's obviously a lot of other variables in play there. Uh, but last year, 52% of the games were won by home teams. So, uh, home field advantage has been dying, and then with the lack of crowds, um, it, it's been dying even more this year. Uh, so I, I don't want to put too much weight in that, but um, yeah, three three is a massive number. If it gets under this, I will bet on the Seahawks just based on principle. Uh, Niners still have a lot of injuries. Um, one of the things, too, is, is the Niners' offense is very run-the-ball heavy, and the Seattle's defense, they actually have a pretty decent run uh, defense. Their main problem is the pass rusher, but the 49ers don't really have an elite quarterback. They have Jimmy G, uh, who isn't that uh, great. He's more of a game manager. Now they do have Kyle Shanahan as their offensive coach, me as their head coach, who, who is the offensive coordinator. So he can scheme a great game. But on the other side, I mean, Seattle's going to put up 30 points. You know, I shouldn't say 30 points, but I think they're implied to put up 27 points right here. Like they're going to get theirs. So like the real question is, is are the 49ers going to put up 25 30 points. Um, so mm-hmm. that that's the real question at hand. Um, but yeah, so the big thing here is just you, you got two teams going in different directions. Um, just my natural lean is always going to go on the team that is that is trending down, especially when they're, they're playing against a team that's been trending up. Uh, thoughts about that or um, the NFC East showdown Dallas-Philly there, Rob? Not too much. I hear you say... Um kind of trending up, trending down. So in some places you like sort of the momentum play, like the continuation of good things happening to certain teams. In other places you're like, ah, it seems like it's going a little far. Maybe snap back for some mean reversion on something like the Cowboys um, where where things have gotten truly extreme. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where, it, you know, there is no, you know, if you see this, it's an automatic play. like. Teams, teams want you know. Team has won eight straight games, and, and they're going on the road. Like always, bet on the team, you know, the underdog in that scenario. Like anytime, you know, th- that's like a very primitive thing people get into sports betting. It's called like trends. 
just playing trends, like just situations that get arbitrarily grouped together because they, they like reverse fit into a narrative. Uh, like the, the, just games that have nothing to do with each other, different teams, different years, and they just get boiled together because, you know, people can connect dots retrospectively. Um, yeah, that you, you don't want to do that. Um, this is just based on a lot of, a lot of just years of doing this and, and a lot of, okay, I hear my preseason expectations. I've, I've conser- I'm usually very conservative about moving the teams because I, I don't want to move them unless it's, it's, you know, I, I don't want to be going back and forth so much. Now that of course will cost you in certain scenarios and that will save you on others. Um, but, uh, I, I just, at the end of the day, you want to bet on offense, just the way the game is set up, the way the game is called and Seattle has a much better offense than San Francisco. Um, San Francisco may probably has a better defense. Um, but, but Seattle has a better offense and, and more bluntly, they have a better quarterback and it's not even close to the quarterback position. Now, San Francisco probably has a better play caller better schemer uh but at the end of the day uh nothing replaces a quarterback also seattle's coming off at a kind of an emotional loss they kind of blew the game um i i like good quarterbacks and or good coaches off a loss that's a really in pretty much any uh scenario any sport i should say that's a really good angle um just like anything else you don't want to play blindly but that's just something I do like to look for. If you think about it, the Niners have had three kind of major games. I know this is kind of building a narrative, which we don't want to necessarily do. But two weeks ago, they played Sunday Night Football, uh, kind of a must-win game against the Rams at home. They win that. Uh, last week, they go to Foxborough across the country. They beat um, Bill Bel- They destroy Bill Belichick and, and the Patriots. Uh, and then now they're going up to Seattle, traveling again to, to play the Seahawks. Um, so like I said, yeah, if this gets under right now, this is a cheap three right now. So usually you have to lay one ten, one ten to bet something. Right now you can bet it flat at almost uh, flat one hundred. Uh, so this might get to to two and a half. I've set up some alerts to alert me if it does get to that. I, I will just go and put money on that as soon as that happens. Um, but yeah, if I was forced to bet this, and I, I very well may, I would be on Seattle here. Um, moving to another game I have some action on and, and should be uh, on some TVs, uh, especially on the East Coast, New Orleans at Chicago. This is another kind of uh, staple handicapping thing. Uh, the Bears just look terrible on Monday Night Football. Yeah, so there is no game that's more standalone than Monday Night Football. Uh, Sunday Night Football is pretty – I mean, it's obviously standalone as well in terms of there's no other games going on, but um, – you know, it, it doesn't have the. It's Monday Night Football is the only game of the day, so every football fan's watching that. Whereas Sunday Night Football, you, you, there's a lot of fatigue from. Okay, there was football all day, if you will. Uh, whereas Monday Night Football, it's like I just I just went through my nine to five, like fuck my life. Um, what's the Tim Heidecker sketch? I, you know, it's nine a.m. Let's drink some Coronas uh, all day. <laughs> no more bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no more bullshit. Uh, yeah, so just, just survive Monday. Let's watch some guys fucking kill each other. Um, yeah, but uh, so yeah, the Bears looked absolutely awful. I had money on the Bears. I actually didn't lose all my money because I, I bet the Rams under team total. I got very lucky to win that. Um, but I also had Bears plus seven, and, and they they only lost by fourteen, but they pretty much were destroyed. Um, so the narrative of that is is a team off of like a prime time game looking terrible is is always going to have some inherent value. Uh, just because 
nobody wants to bet on them the next week. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes it, it is just a sign of, wow, this team got called out, you know, in terms of the, a spade is a spade. Now, I don't think the Bears are a good team, uh, but coupled with the fact that they're playing the New Orleans Saints, coupled with the fact that the game is going to have high winds and, and relatively bad weather, especially for a team like the Saints, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm relatively low on the Saints. Uh, so what I did here is the game was at four and a half. It's actually up to five now, uh, but I teased this up from four and a half to ten and a half. Uh, it's, this total is the second lowest of the week. It's at 43 and a half. Really bad weather, windy. Uh, so really hard to see this game being a blowout. Um, the Saints offense isn't that great. It's very meticulous. So even if it does score, it takes a lot of time off the clock. The Bears have a great defense. Uh, a team off a loss returning home, especially with a good defense, is, is kind of a spot you like to play in. Um, the, the Bears pretty much play like their 10th percentile game. Uh, they're definitely going to play a better game than they played on, on Monday. Uh, I don't know how necessarily good this team is. We don't need them to win. We don't even need them to be that close. They, we just need them to be within 10 points um, you know, at home playing against a team with a 41-year-old quarterback in Drew Brees who can't really throw the ball deep. Uh, all, uh, a, a dome team playing the, in the you know marvelous uh, Superdome in New Orleans. They're, they're going outdoors in bad weather. Um, uh, so I, I took the Bears here. It's one kind of one of those they call hold your nose. It's like it, if anyone watched the Bears play on Monday night, you wouldn't want to have money on them. But that's kind of what leads to the inherent value, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, does, does that make sense? It's kind of like a, you know a stock that's just like – Go, you know, it's like catching the falling knife, right? It's like it's gotten so ugly that there becomes inherent value on it. Yes, yes. Uh, used a lot of language around value for that one. Um, but yes, falling knife is the risk. That knife can keep falling. It can cut you on the way down. Um, but value, if there is value uh, in the stock market or the betting market or anywhere, it's a function of overreaction to bad news, right? That's why that would happen. Uh, that's what you described here for sure. We watch something really ugly. Anyone would be like uncomfortable to, um, to, to bet on the, the bears to perform the way they're supposed to. Your bet is no, nah, I think, I think that's not going to look as bad as everyone, as everyone thinks it is. Right, and, and if it was just that, I, I actually wouldn't make a bet on it. But it's also coupled with, if you look at the total, it was 46.5. Now it's down to 43.5. So this is going to be, this game is getting bet down. So it's going to be a lower scoring game. It's got that bad weather, which is one of the reasons why, of course, it's getting bet down. Um, it's, it's New Orleans, who I'm not necessarily high on. They're a dome team going outdoors. So it's just like all those things coupled is why I, I put a bet on it. And like I said, I tease this. So I actually tease this with the Chiefs. Uh, they, are, they were at 19 when I got it. So I teased the, the Chiefs down from 19 down to 13 um, because they were playing the New York Jets. Uh, this is the biggest spread of the year. It, it's just one of those things where taking it under 14 means a two-touchdown game. And the way the Chiefs can put up points and how bad the Jets are, um, it's pretty laughable how easily the Chiefs can, can – you know, the, the Chiefs could be tied going into the fourth quarter, and I would still feel very confident in the, in the Chiefs being able to win by two touchdowns. That's just that's just how the ability they had to score. Um, so there's not many game scripts where it's like, I'm going to be out of it. Um, so, so to me, that's just – I actually thought the number right around 19 and 18 is, is pretty fair, strictly on the numbers. 
uh, side of it. But if you take it in the fact that the Chiefs are not going to let up if they're if they're not up by two touchdowns, you know what I mean? So you're going to get the Chiefs' full effort. Whereas when you get up to that 20, 21 range, because that Jets game was around 21, 21 and a half, and it got bet down. And a lot of that is because people are seeing the Jets, you know, they could be down 24 or 27 points. Patrick Mahomes could take be taken out of the game, and then the Jets maybe get a score or two, and that's what gets them in there. Whereas that's not really an option if it's a two touchdown game, like Patrick Mahomes isn't coming out of the game. If, if they're not up by at least two touchdowns, most likely three touchdowns. Whereas where my, my bet would be safer. So that's the logic behind that. That's the logic behind that. Uh, and then last game of the week is the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Baltimore Ravens. I really love this game for multiple reasons. First of all, uh, probably the best rivalry in football, um, mid Atlantic swag here going on, um, in Baltimore. This is, but it's also like a, a, handicappers are like split on this. So if you're just, if you're a big priors guy, so you're using prior data, more fundamental, holistic betting, you, you think Baltimore is probably a good play here. Uh, but if you're strictly numbers this year, um, and understandably, if you're only using numbers this year, you're on Pittsburgh. So this line open look ahead was about six, which was too high. Uh, right now it's going back between four and three and a half. I think it'll close three and a half, maybe even three. Uh, Ravens favored by three. Uh, and there's no doubt this year, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been better than the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but this really comes back to holistically understanding that the rate, both, both these teams are, or both these organizations are fantastic organizations. Okay. So you have to kind of both give them credit for this. Uh, last year, the Ravens were the hottest team in football. They started out really hot. I think they were like 14 and one. They lost the game. Uh, late in the season to be like 14 and two. They were the number one seed and then they lost in the first round. Um, this year, it's almost looked like they've been using the first half of the season as preseason. And I know that kind of sounds weird, uh, but they've really looked bad, but they're five and one and they got destroyed in that chiefs game that I make you watch. And they looked like shit in that chiefs game. Didn't they? Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, they, they look terrible. And, they, and they've looked bad in, in some other games, but they've also been, like, up in those games. They really haven't been close in a lot of games. Um, and I, I think what they've been trying to do, and this isn't 100%, this is, this is speculation, this is, but I think there's, there is a little bit of merit behind this speculation. Uh, famous, famous last words, of course. But uh, the, they looked at their schedule, and the first half of the schedule is very, very easy, sans that Chiefs game. And... There's no preseason, and it also kind of takes the hype off of them, and they kind of work on making Lamar Jackson a better passer, and if you look at it, this they had a bye last week, and they made a trade. They brought in the defensive end from Minnesota, paid a third and a fifth rounder for him. Pretty, pretty uncharacteristic for the Ravens, but they addressed their biggest major need in, on defense. They signed a wide receiver, Des Bryant, who used to play for the Cowboys, to the practice squad. They're making moves. They, they know that they need to improve. Uh, and they're just the type of organization that, um, you know, they, you just have to give them respect on that. Um, so I'm already very invested in the Ravens. I put a big bet on them to win the, div the division after um, they lost to the Chiefs. I think that to win the division before the Chiefs game, they were like minus 300. Then after they lost, it was like minus 180. So I just picked them up. Right now, uh, it, I think the Ravens are like minus 130 because the Steelers are undefeated. The Steelers have the best record in, in football right now. 
Um, and I am a little bit concerned by it. I'm concerned by it because of the record the Steelers have. I think they are a good team. I don't think that the Steelers are the best team in football. I still think that's the Chiefs. Um, but the, the, the real concern is the Steelers' schedule. The next five games, they play the Ravens twice, and then they play, I think, the Jaguars, the Cowboys, who are god-awful, as we know, and uh, they play some other dog-shit team. So essentially, what, how I'm going to play this is I'm going to bet on the Steelers to win the conference pre this game because if they win this game, then they move to seven and zero, and then they have the the um, the reins, if you will, to being that one seed. And we talked about how important that one seed is. Uh, then I just need to pray to God that the Ravens win that next matchup in a couple of weeks on Thanksgiving. Uh, but if the Ravens do win, of course, I want the Ravens to win the game. And I think, you know, I, I'm comfortable being in this scenario. But I also realize in, in a one-game sample, a lot of shit can happen. So um, I want to protect myself because if the Ravens do win, that Steelers bet's still not bad because the Steelers are most likely still going to make the playoffs. That'll still have wheels. You know, the Steelers will make the playoffs. I'm comfortable if they make the wild card because, A, that means I win my Ravens bet, and that's still live for them in the wild card to, to come playoff season. And I can hedge, and I can use that to my strategic advantage later in the year. Um, so it's like buying a little bit of insurance, but it's also insurance that I can win both on, or it can mitigate a bad result that's going to happen here, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's what I'm going to do with this game. I do like the Ravens in this game. I already have a position on it. I would not bet them uh, unless it gets to three. Uh, but anything above three, I do think, you know, if, if a gun was to my head, I, I would say the Steelers, just because it's the, historically they play close. Uh, close games, uh, but but if it's got to three, I think the Ravens are a fine bet. If it somehow got under three, I think the Ravens are a good bet. I do think you know fifty to probably probably about sixty to sixty five percent of the time the Ravens win this game. But you know we're thinking probabilistically that's still thirty to, to you know almost forty percent that the Steelers win this game. So that's how I am looking at at, at this. Um, so yeah, any any thoughts behind any of those things I mentioned? Uh, whether that might be looking at things probabilistically or kind of doing that a little bit of a hedge there, uh, what comes to mind? Yeah, it sounds like there's not all that much meat on the bone, if I'm being honest on this game. Uh, meat, to, meeting what? Meat, meat on the bone, meaning like there's there's not much room for error here. This isn't like an inefficient marketplace. Right, right. It's right. really good teams. It's supposed to be right. close. The total's not that high. Like there's not. Right. Uh, if you're not an experienced better, this is a place to get uh, diced up by a very sharp market. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, as as bullish as I am on the Ravens, I I'm surprised that right now you could get Steelers uh, plus four. I really thought this. I, I still think this is going to close at plus three. So we're taping mm-hmm. this Thursday night. Um, I would be shocked if this if this didn't at least close plus three and a half. Um, but, but, you know, like I said, you, you have really smart people. I respect on both sides who are like, give me Steelers all day. And other people that are like fucking Baltimore at home under a touchdown. Like I'll lay that all day long. So, I mean, that's what makes this fun. Like I said, and and these are really smart people, uh, with way bigger bankrolls than myself that come at these, these opposite conclusions. And and what do you always say? Right? Like, that's what, that's why markets work, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. just how it operates. Um, so I, I'm really excited. First of all, I love watching their games. Very physical, very intense. 
Um, but but also just fun. I have a lot of close friends that are, are both Steelers and Ravens fans. Um, I, I guess a little bit of me pulls for the Ravens, given that they they are from the the great state of Maryland. Uh, yeah, Bulmer, baby, Bulmer. I think you came up for uh, back when they were the Redskins, a Redskins Ravens game. We didn't uh, we didn't go to the game, but we just like we hung around Baltimore, had a good time. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I think that's that's all we got. Unless you have any other questions or um, any testimonials about married life or, or anything you want to share. No, no, no great advice yet. It's coming. Uh, let me keep working on it and cook it up uh, for the time being. Let's, let's get some football in and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. Peace.